Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Great Game by B.B. Alston. Today, we're discussing chapters 7 through 9. But first, previously on Wizard Team, um, after Amari is uninvited from camp, she finds out that she's also been locked out of the other net, um, which effectively bars her from the supernatural world. Um, Elsie is still dealing with her Oxford stuff, so she has to take the bus home. She finds that when she gets to her neighborhood, she finds that her neighbor, Mrs. Walters, is not at her window. In fact, uh, she's playing spades and waiting on her Uber. Um, or should I say they are waiting on their Uber because there are four Mrs. Walters, apparently. Um, and they are about to dip because a wraith named Bane is now in charge of the supernatural or no. The, yeah, Supernatural World Congress. He's like the prime minister now. And they're like, we already know that he's about to do some stuff that we need to be on the run for. <laughs> we then find out that the Supernatural World Congress has been frozen. Again, Bane has named himself prime minister, promises to prosecute magicians and other unwanteds, which are creatures who sided with magicians or were created by magicians um, back during the reign of the Night Brothers. Um, Amari and Elsie launch an investigation into this time freeze with a brand new uh, whiteboard. Um, and then Amari then goes to Cosmo to see if he knows anything about who could have caused the time freeze if magicians were behind it. Cosmo is like, nah, we didn't. Um, but also, I don't really care about that because Bane is about to try to start a war with us. And so we need you, Amari, the one of two born magicians to take the crown and the midnight throne and lead us into war. Amari's like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Um, and Cosmo is like, you know, really, I'm going to give you some time, I, an undis undisclosed amount of time to think about it. Um, but you're going to have to say yes eventually. And that's where we left off. Cosmo is wild. Uh, just, <laughs> I just he yeah we just I just need y'all to remember that the child is 13 she shouldn't be leaving freshly 13 nothing. not even like uh like like fully living in teenage like like you just not too long ago turned 13 she was yeah. just 12 I just no um <laughs> So we start off with chapter seven and Amari's mom is waking her up and is like, your little boyfriend's here. And um, I love that Amari immediately is like, Jaden, we're just friends. Right. <laughs> it's like, There's uh, no other if boys you have for to her. say, right. Like if you have to say that. She didn't say who? She was just like. Oh, you mean Jaden? Oh. Mom. You mean Jaden. We're Jayden. just friends. <laughs> He's just my friend who happens to be a boy. So oh, is like sure, yeah. So she has so she starts to get up and she's thinking about what happened with Cosmo's crazy behind, um, and uh, we find out like Elsie had already teleported home by the time Amara returned from Cosmo's lake house um, because her mother was like threatening to come get her. Partially, like we talked about last episode, like Elsie's mom 
not the best, but also, you know, I understand as a parent being like, even if she wasn't anti-MR, which she totally is, but I do understand as a parent being like, let's, you know. Elsie was definitely uh, ignoring her phone calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's not act like, you know, you turn 13, you got a teen in your age and you can just ignore me. Um, so, but they were able to FaceTime and so <laughs> their plan Reminds me of another one of our favorite heroines, Brie Matthews. Um, it's to get Amari back into camp and continue their investigation. How? We all know. But camp starts today. <laughs> and that is the plan. Yeah. Get Amari reinstated. That's Good plan. Just w- great we don't plan. Have the, we don't have the steps. There's particulars that are missing, though. I mean, sadly, <laughs> it's it's not unsimilar to Cosmos plan. The, the plan yeah. is that one of them has to have the crown and one of them is currently out of prison so (laughs) that's the plan yeah agreed um so amari's like all right i'm gonna focus on one problem at a time the the current problem the problem in front of me is Jaden, um who told her he had it all figured out he didn't really you know they checked in on her or she had checked in on him and he was like i got this i ain't no thing whatever um, but he can't put the true sight eye drops in his eyes. So just like, just like That's a horrible. boy. I mean, Flash I think man. just kids in general Flash. too. Like I will say I like, cause, um, there've been a couple times when I've had to put, tried to put like eye drops into Ami's eyes mm-hmm. and she's just, there's just people who are just so squeamish about it. And I'm just like, keep your eyes open. It's something, like, it's something about your eyes. It yeah. yeah I get it. Like I completely understand. Yeah. Like, I don't think like, I love, I'm glad that like you know, I can see and I don't have to think about or worry about putting contacts in my eyes. You know what I, I mean? Like, I don't that. think I'd be able to do like, that. Like, I definitely I feel like I would contacts. be. Yeah. yeah. I'm squeamish. I don't like, I don't yeah, like no, And stuff. I don't think anyone yeah. likes I, no. it. But the thing that you can, but once you get used to doing it, like contacts. Right. I'm like, I have allergies. Like... So I do eye drops yeah. like, you know, for a good three to four months, I'm putting them in almost <laughs> every day. So it's not really like yeah. an issue. I mean, it's that, but like, It's something that like if you're not just naturally like not squeamish or just like, you know, over, you know, not overthinking it then I think it's something just you have to get used to it. Like, I think I, as when I first got my contacts, I think I was like 15. Yeah. I definitely had to build it up. Like I definitely mm-hmm. had pro- trouble, trouble. To I mean, that's even like when I put, with, I literally, I my new... eye problem can be not solved, but like the best like solution to keratoconus, such as what I have is to wear contacts, but they're like hard contacts and like glass. Yeah. Or they're not glass anymore, but they're like, a hard plastic i guess now um it will give me the best re- like the best vision possible like there's only and they they will tell you like optometrists are like there's only so much we can do if you're gonna wear glasses and i'm like yeah but i know me and i'm gonna wear glasses like especially yeah. now that i work from home like i'm not putting con- like as soon as i stop playing basketball on the regular or swimming like on the regular or even like for you know swimming as a sport um, which I never really did, but why am I putting contacts in? I'm not going to do it. So, but yeah. my, meanwhile, my brother wears them every single day. To like, boop, boop. That's one time I wear glasses. I mean, my contacts is whenever I'm going out and I'm going to put yeah. makeup on because then I'll, I can actually do better with makeup without yeah. glasses. I mean, people have, mm-hmm. you can do cute looks with glasses. I'm not discounting that, but with contacts, you can just like. Oh, it's it totally up. true. And like mm-hmm. the last time I think I wore contacts was for my friend's wedding. Um, 
because of the makeup. Uh, but you know, point is, it's not it's not a thing that anyone like Loves. is raising their hand for. Yeah, it's but I also know, like love, as a kid, get, it's one of your first. And also, like, you usually it's, learn how to do those things as a kid. And so, like, or yeah. maybe around this age. And so that's when you're like, yo, this is actually. Yeah. But I just, like, I no, think it's, I like, wanna... funnier that Jaden is like, I got it. And then those, the eye eye drops, drops, those eye drops come out and he's like. But um, also, what's even sadder is that there's only, like, two drops available in the eyedropper. And they know this is going to children. So children, it's like, right. you didn't plan yeah. for your audience because why are there only two drops available they get three the they get they get, they get, a, they get a third extra drop. but it's a separate container is what yeah. i'm saying like you only like that's not but maybe not it's more like right. a prescription because it is a prescription thing right like i'm sure maybe yeah. you just can't have if you put too much in your eye it might be an issue or something i don't know yeah, um, I, it's like probably a like a dosage thing and also a like i'm sure that like the true site is not a cheap yeah. <laughs> solution. Yeah. Um, there's magic in there and whatever, but it's just yeah. So they um, wait. They can we also putting... talk about how he's done it before, but how he calls Amari superstar? Oh yeah, and, she and then how her funny. mom and now her mom is like laughing mm-hmm. in the background. Yep, <laughs> that's the worst thing about parents is like you go. I guess I know you're here. You don't have to comment. I don't want to. I don't want to hear commentary, <laughs> bro. Her mom's doing something and shakes her head no. as she goes. It's so funny. <laughs> She's like, not your boyfriend. I got you. I hear you. I got you. Um, the actual, like, real problem, though, that is not on Jaden is that mm-hmm. he told his mom, like, about going to camp. She seemed like she was really excited about it. And now when it's time or the day to actually go, she left a note saying that she was going to be gone for the week or something. And he cannot get himself to the Vanderbilt Hotel. Um, he doesn't. He says he doesn't have the money. And it's too far to walk. And I'm thinking, like, doesn't have the money is, like, a bus fare? Like, he doesn't have enough money on him for, like, not that, like, taking the bus. It's a, I think what Amari said, it was, like, 30 minutes or something like that, like, in the car. I was Um, thinking it was probably, like, an Uber. Because I feel like if it's in Atlanta, like, the Atlanta area, there's probably no direct bus route. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, it. not that it would be easy, but, like, you could figure out a bus route to get you close and possibly close enough to walk. It would be, it would, it would suck. I'm not saying that like, you know what I mean? But like, I just don't feel like like the transit system is that good. Like, honestly, I don't think it is either because it's a car. Yeah. Like driven city. But, um, and the reason why I bring up the bus is because when they get the true site, I, the true site I dropped in, Amari thing is like to test it out. We just need to go wait at the bus stop because supernatural people are going to be on the bus they're gonna be riding the bus so um i don't like it's kind of like for me if i was to take a bus in san diego to like let's say san diego university ucsd it's like a maybe like a 20 minute drive if that like straight it would probably take me two to three hours on a bus and i'd be walking a good chunk of that because i'd have to walk from one bus line to another that doesn't Mm -hmm. connect and like this city is not built to traverse it by bus. It is like you can do go from like one place to another, like on a line, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, a, you know, but like going really from like, like a, a neighborhood to another neighborhood, especially where like the Vanderbilt hotel is, which seems more like downtown kind of 
not not swanky, but like, you know, it's not like a livable neighborhood. And if it was, the people living there would not be in the same economic bracket as Jaden and Amari. And we know all about like segregation and redlining runs rampant everywhere. I'm assuming it can only be even worse in the South. So um, I'm not saying that it's easy, but I'm just saying like in terms of like what I would assume a bus fare is, like to leave your kid for a week and they don't even have enough money to to get on a bus, just as goes to show like what Jaden's home environment is. Um, and the fact that like Amari isn't really shocked and she's like, I should have known, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily Mama Peters um, was planning on taking Amari. So she's like, don't worry about it. We'll take you with us, you know? And then Amari, I just think that if you're going to be an investigator, a supernatural investigator, junior agent, <laughs> you just need to be quicker on your feet with excuses. And she, this is like a reason why she's so cute and such a good, like good person and heroine. But it's also just like, girl, she was like, oh, just Jaden, because I um have a thing. It's a secret thing. And so I'm not going to be reporting to camp when everyone else so is reporting. Funny. And Jaden's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That thing you told me about. And, like, and well, shout, out, shout out to him. To not shout tell out to him mama. for like. But he was like, just. Yeah. For immediately catching on. Immediately. Like, being like, okay. <laughs> she's clearly she needs help. Secret, but yeah. <laughs> and then um, um, he's like, afterwards, like, what was that? It looked like you needed help. Happy I could step in and like back you up. I don't think Mama Peters bought it, but she was like, I'm not trying to fight. Okay. Sure, girl. But also, I, okay. I mean, I think it's possible she could in the sense of like, she is a junior angel. Like, she does know yeah about the world to an extent and so and she knows like what amari does sort of you know what i mean like yeah. i could see her i mean she like, could probably okay, believe in like not. the the secret the the secret like you know she can't tell me thing because yeah. the way that in which mom peter's even found out about the supernatural world is like you know she realizes that like there are strict secrets and stuff but it is also like a you are not good at no, she was not. If, it wasn't, if I wasn't your mother and I didn't already have some level of understanding about this thing. This I mean, was- she's <laughs> not in the Department of Half-Truths and Full Cover-Ups. Right. So there's that. But she is in the Department of Investigation. In which investigating. You to, but in not- a part of investigation is that you need to like make people comfortable. Better for you. She only did the trainee. Yet. She hasn't. Yeah, like, she ain't got she's there in yet. Training. She is not. <laughs> She might be a junior I'm just saying. agent, but she ain't really. She doesn't have a natural talent. She had a natural. It's not natural. She's gonna that. have to. She gonna have to work on it. I'm all. saying mm-hmm. if she had a natural talent for that, she would be in the department of half truths and full cover ups because she needs to work yeah. at it and be trained. She might be. She's probably in the right place. Yeah. No. Okay. But it is something that she's going to have to get better at if she's going to want to be a very Absolutely. good investigator. Um, Hopefully not, because I don't love law enforcement for her. <laughs> I know. So, I don't, I don't either. I really don't. But I also can think of it like, I would like to think of investigations as also like more X-Files. I don't know. I didn't want to watch it. Like you're, you're though, solving a mystery like, versus like yeah. policing people. But I think that's also part of the like thing and kind of what we see in this book in a little bit. Um, I don't think, not in this chapter, but I don't know. In this episode we're discussing. Um, just like how other people see the Bureau or like other supernatural folks see the Bureau 
and yeah. like you just got to get to see like you kind of saw it as you're like what reading Amari and the Night Brothers, but you get more of it in this where you just kind of see like okay, this isn't. They think no matter what like, department you're in in the bureau, you're a cop. Exactly. <laughs> like and going, low not... key, high key. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're not, and they're not wrong at all. But it's like, oh, you work for the bureau. You want me to, you know? Nah, you're good. So Amari tells Jaden about what's happening um, while they go off to like see if the truth site eye drops work, and Jaden's like, oh man, like you know, I'm not gonna know anyone. I think it's interesting to how. She basically is like, it's a long story because he doesn't know about, he doesn't, he's, you know, he's like just now entering the supernatural world, but he doesn't really understand the like prejudices and like what it means to be a magician. Mm-hmm. Um, and she or doesn't even the time really, freeze, like he's not getting, yeah, she, he doesn't yet. even know the time freeze happened and she doesn't really want to go all the way into it either. And I get that, but like, I just think it's really great that he, he's sad because she is going to be his like one like guaranteed friend or like person he knows um but isn't like i don't know isn't kind of like what you do you know yeah um, he's more just it's like kind of sad it's kind of like oh it's kind of not great that like she's so like she was looking forward to bringing him into the bureau um and being a support to him that she didn't have her first year because quentin wasn't available and then she has this information she could like help him like he's gonna go in there without knowing any of this everyone's talking about it all this stuff and it's like you're supposed to be the one who's gonna like help him have like support um there and i get what the support she's thinking about is like being a for someone that he can go to while he's there but i'm like give him something give him some level of prep and it sounds like she hasn't even introduced him to Elsie yet. So I'm like, she yeah. doesn't need, like, like she doesn't, he doesn't even know, like know to like look out for Elsie if he sees. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, so I'm like, I understand that she's like, you know, trying to share the like, you know, access that she was given to someone that she knows uh, would be, you know, interested and intrigued by the work that wouldn't normally get the opportunity. But at the same time, it's like you gotta be, you gotta do better. Like you've had. You've had you've seen him around um like the block or whatever. You need to like you have to I like this and that's true, like she's young and whatever, but like I don't know. I just feel like there's a level of like thought towards being a good support for him that she hasn't thought about when it comes to like giving him a heads up on what's going on in the world before he steps into it. Yeah, and I was thinking about the idea of like they haven't had a chance to meet yet, but being like, I'm going to, you know, look, be on the lookout for my friend Elsie. I'm going to tell her to be on the lookout for you. Like, you will not be alone, right? Um, and it's just one of those things, too, where it's just like you, you, there's all these moments where you're realizing, like, how young they are. Mm-hmm. And not that they won't get there, because later in the book, like, he, Jaden does meet Elsie, and they do, like, all help each other. And, you know, it seems like they get along. It's not a trio thing, per se, but, like, um, it's just doesn't kind of like cross her mind. It's like, I said that I would look out for you or I would be your friend and I'm not going to be there. And that's it. Like, there's just like this level of this, this not putting yeah. together, like what a support but I system. Also, yeah. And I also think that like in her head, she's still going to be there. Like, I think yeah. she's sad that she can't like 
be there with him initially like actually like you know her mom is giving him a ride so that she can't be with him from the beginning but i think in her head she's also like i'm gonna be there it's just gonna yeah i'm gonna figure it out we have a plan plan which i think is also why she hasn't told her mom because she's like it's not gonna be an issue i'm gonna i'm gonna figure it out and it's not gonna be an issue um but yeah no and i also like really felt for Jaden in that moment too because there's a moment too where he's like and now i don't even feel like i want to go because I'm going to be in this brand new environment with these people who I don't know and don't really understand and like all that kind of stuff. And like, not going to have somebody who's familiar and that shit is scary. Like, <laughs> and I mean, the, so the way that they, which they figured out that his true sight drops, like took was that he saw a zombie on the bus. <laughs> like, come on. You know which what I mean? is so not like, a great on. introduction. I no, was like, you. I was, I was like, all right, like, it's not so bad. They could, they'll just eat a rare steak. I don't care. Like, that's the first thing you see, bro. Like, I just, I also like Walking Dead films, like, outside of film outside of Atlanta. So, like, that's like really close to your heart. Like, no. no but, I, like, and she couldn't control that. But I'm like, there couldn't be a bet. Something, y'all couldn't just look at a store window or what you could take them by to school and be like, this is what this, you know, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like there's a put of in a better way. But I also want to give a note to what you said about his mom being absent. Um, and like the fact that like he's going off on this journey and that like because if if she's like she was there the day before but she's gone on today or whatever and she's like going to be out for a week it was like basically she's underhandedly saying I trust you you're going to figure out how to get to camp on your own because otherwise you're going to be home alone for a whole week with nothing you know it was basically like she's like putting all the burden and responsibility of him getting to the place where he said he's going to be on him and removing herself from the whole equation um so i while she's it's highly irresponsible and very neglectful i also think it was like but it's not so neglectful it was in her brain she's like oh he's gonna be at camp so like it'll be fine moving on from has nothing to do with how he's gonna survive throughout the week and yeah but it's still like a, a thing in which and i agree with you but it's still a thing in which it's like she is so So, but um, so it makes him saying that maybe I shouldn't go even sadder because it's like yeah. you just sit at home with no one for right. like for the you know like that's yeah. just really but that sad. to him is not that's it's more normal. familiar that's more, and yeah. normal yeah. than like going into a place in which zombies just be riding the bus and right. so, <laughs> I I don't know I think like uh, there's a lot of things here but I and it works out obviously but um I just think it's very interesting dynamic and it's also like reminding me of amari and the night brothers when amari's going through this whole thing and she is alone um but she does have like she has a goal a a very strong like she's gonna figure out what happened to her brother and so when when she's seeing like when her true sight's kicking in and she's seeing these wild ass things and she goes and meets um homeboy who Jaden tells it's like wearing grass because like or oh, dirt because nature is what's in the name? style. Where? Barnabas, Barnabas is ass. Yeah, yeah. Like um, and once you know, again, Miss uh, Yeah, though, and he was like, you know, he's always underestimating the kids. Yeah, bad. Well, I don't know if it's all kids or if it's just the black kids. The black kids mm. can't really. I'm not of town. Couldn't say also funny only that, like, we haven't seen yeah. him with anyone else. <laughs> yeah, but I think like, it's funny she, that he... she when she get when she comes up across these like stumbling blocks or the things in which I mean we talked about my me myself me and Jaden are like this where we're like eh mm, 
Change. Nah. I'm just saying, I think it's funny that Jaden, the like all of his impressions so far of the magical world are, oh yeah, cool, nighttime journey that feels like a dream or whatever on the boat versus the zombie that I just saw with the eye drops I didn't want to have in my eye because I didn't have a good time on that. The time I saw you wandering out the house in a clown outfit and then <laughs> I go to the same place you went while you were wearing that clown outfit and see even worse tra- fa- uh, fashion travesty. And now you're saying you're not even going to be there? Like, I can see them all adding up to his brain. Like, this is, does not actually sound like the fun. Like, all of this versus that one nighttime journey that feels like it didn't even happen. Mm, the scale is not balancing right now. <laughs> right. Right. And you got to, like, be honest and just be like, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it's just like, um, Amari had something that super like she had a goal that superseded all of that and that's what kept her going she was you know she was like seeing this crazy ass stuff and she didn't have anyone but she had like she knew the only way she could like figure out what happened to her brother is to like see it through and so Jaden doesn't have that and then figuring out that like not only does he not have like this like larger more like I guess urgent um goal and the person who one believes in him and he knows isn't going to be there is like a a very big blow mm-hmm. um but he also trusts you know she's like we're gonna figure it out i'm you know like you were saying about him she doesn't she's not giving up completely that's why she's not telling her mom because she is going to get in um get back into the thing and so he also kind of like trust her in that as well so i just think it's like it's all very I don't know the word, like, Quentin is to Amari what Amari is to Jaden, but also there might be a little bit of, like, you know, teen puppy love. And I just love it. I just... They're so cute. It's it's very cute. Thank you. That's that's the word. It's very cute. <laughs> um, so then um, Jaden goes and gets dropped off by her mom, and it's, like, 11 o'clock, and she gets a text from Elsie that's basically, like, we're working on something, stay close to your phone. And so she gets kind of excited. And then at three o'clock, she gets another text from Elsie who's like, get your stuff ready. I'm coming. Um, we did it. And so she, um, Elsie teleports to her apartment um, and gives her the lowdown of like, um, you've been reinstated. Let's her know that like Elsie and Laura Van Helsing posted a video yes. that went viral um about how unfair it was that Maria and Amari were kind of pushed out of the bureau without any like there's no evidence that a magician had anything to do with the time freeze there's no evidence that these specific magicians had anything to do with the time freeze and so um Amari's feeling away about this she's like this is great I'm glad that I'm like back in but what's Laura's deal and then she kind of is like oh you know Laura is supporting Maria and I happen to benefit from that as well. Right. And she goes and she's also reinstated on Yurg, which this is like a thing that we don't really talk. I just like, am so interested in, and I, it's not important to the story. Um, and we talked about just like how great BB Austin's pacing is in this book. And like, I think that it would totally take away from like the pacing of the story as well. 
but this like wider world, right? So like when I was thinking about like when Bain proclaims himself prime minister, when we think about like how long Bain and Merlin have been in power mm-hmm. and like what are, you know, are there elections? Like what is that? You know, what is the the specifics of this world look like? I started to think too, like, oh, the um Bureau has enough power to kind of like take away their Yurg uh, account or get them kicked off of Yurg because that doesn't. I seem think it's like really just that, like, the other or the other net, right? Or like takes the away their whole... access to the other net. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a magical thing. Like, if, like of course it's a magical thing, but I wonder if but... it's like a just like a, a link or something, like something they're just able to just take like a signal that they're able just to like divert from her right but you think about like when you think about like all the conflicts and stuff that we see now and even like when there were protests like or the like i don't forget what we're calling it but like the summer of civil rights in like june 2020 and like certain places would lose access to the internet and how that is like just a very stark example of um government overreach and encroachment into what should be like kind of like private enterprises and or like it should just be kind of like in a free society right they shouldn't have the power to do so you think about like um in ukraine when dirt uh, elon musk or whatever was like i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give the ukrainians access to skynet or whatever the fuck that thing is called and then it's like trying to do the same thing but doesn't do the same thing with palestine and or alliance you know what i mean and it's just like this like kind of blending and or like fuzziness between like what the government can do and how they can affect like your day-to-day life and like what private enterprise can do and like where the like individual falls in that. It just is like a really interesting thing that I started to think about. I understand why we probably will not dive deep into it and we'll never get answers for it because it's not important to the overall story. But in terms of like world building and stuff, I just somebody write that fanfic i guess Let's yeah that i don't know i like, mean i think that just... like i think again like i said earlier like there's these things that we see and there are moments and there's going to continue to be moments especially like even as we just keep going in this episode or whatever like these next couple chapters of just like why are y'all allowed to do that and also yeah how did it become how did it get this way um and it's like a very like clear commentary um but yeah, it's just like you're sitting there and you're just like, how? Like, why? <laughs> how come you're allowed to just like take away her internet access or other net ask- access? How come you're just allowed to like erase her messages? Like, not to go too much ahead, but yeah. like, you know what I mean? There's things where, like you said, the overreach. I think it's like, uh, I feel like this book, right? Like last book, it's a lot of just like introduction into the supernatural world and like obviously we see a lot of the flaws because Amari comes in as an outsider and as like someone that they're deeming illegal um but then now after her having like fought her way in now it's like seeing it from an I wouldn't say completely insider perspective but um just from another like view having had I guess more context in the world and then it just like complicates it more I guess yeah, I agree. And I also think about the fact that, like, for 
these um these like aspects of like the world and the world building and how they reflect on like our our world there is some very good commentary but then there are also these like kind of questions that i do find myself having to remember one I'm not the target audience for this book, right? This is a middle grade mm-hmm. book. I don't know. I would love to like ask like Aminata if she thought, yo, why was the government allowed right. to turn off her other net access? You know what I mean? Or like whatever. Um, but it's just like, I, because I, I, I was seeing this um, conversation that like popped up on like book talk too about like people, I mean, we talk about this all the time in just terms of like representation and and things in which you are kind of like a guest in a story and like, like people were asking, would be asking questions of like YA books about like how spicy is it or there's not enough spice and it's like YA books are not spice for spice sakes. Like not to say that there isn't like going to be some like spicy scenes or um, there isn't like an element of romance, but like if you want to read erotica just go read erotica like don't Mm -hmm. try to pull erotica into ya because you are not like you adult women are not the target audience for this genre right and like even i had this whole breakdown you guys were with me when we were at a bookstore and like the uh court of thorns and roses was in the like ya new adult section and while that's okay for like the first book when you get to like a court of silver flames and like even the third book of that series i find that to be very (laughs) uncomfortable right so it's just like it was like a reminder of like we are adults reading middle grade and so it it does bring up like a lot of interesting questions but like it's not actually impact like not impact i guess it could be impactful but it's not fundamental to the story and also i was just wondering like i don't think that like a 12 13 year old what is middle grades like i don't think that that like actual um targeted audience would would be thinking of it i, I mean you gotta think outside of that because one um there there's we should always be asking um people regardless of age to question their surroundings and, and like yeah. what's happening around them and then two I think about the application of what it, it it means to live under this kind of like um overreach and all like and all that and um like I'm thinking of I just read a, a memoir by um a poet who um is a Uyghur um in China and how his family like slowly saw the government encroach more and more on their rights. Um and they, you know, took away first it starts with like internet access then it start. then it becomes like what books are in your house then it becomes um we're not even gonna let you have radio so you can hear what's happening on the outside world and he had children and these children are trying to figure out why they're being discriminated against and why they don't have access to things so there's this like a lived experience for people so like they're like the, it doesn't no matter the context um there's always gonna be questions like by children and especially the ones who are most like directly impacted about why these things are able to ha- are happening to them and why no-, no one is like stepping in to keep it from happening. Like, yeah, but I do think that those questions are like a different thing. Like I think what BB Austin is trying to highlight is that like, this is not fair. This is like, like having them kind of like pinpoint the overreach and understanding that like they this shouldn't be allowed versus like me being like, my kind of questions are more around like 
the society it's like and the, the systems it, and it's more like a um i get what you're saying in the sense of like we have had a certain level of education and like world experience to be able to like directly connect to real world like issues which isn't to say that some children wouldn't be able to do that but in the sense of like the questions aren't as um like the question like you said like it's more like this is unfair or like yeah they shouldn't be able to do that but not necessarily like trying to dig deep into systems of like right like i think the i think the the yeah because i think what i think is what it is is like this is more of an introduction to that for exactly exactly i think what he's trying to do is like introduce him to the fact that like systems can be unfair and what i'm the questions that i'm asking are like how were these systems put into place and what are like current what is the current society doing to fight against it whereas like i think his goal is to be like this is how you pinpoint an unfair system this is how you like identify it does that make sense um so it's just kind of like a 101 versus a 201 301 type of like i get what you're saying but i also feel like yeah you can't also can't discount the people who might be picking up this book who actually have like they are kids and they are like living that or have lived through it so it's like it's I also yeah, and I'm not. Like, I, I don't mean to like, to like it up and like are like they feel seen, like they feel like oh crap, like yeah. this is something yeah. that like this actually happened to me. I wonder if like we're gonna are we gonna get into it, like and this is right. like, actually gonna like you know like help me lit- work through some of my emotions that I felt when this was happening to me or something. Yeah, and I don't mean to discount that. I'm just saying that I think that the goal, and and he does like do a good enough job that in which like I and those kind of kids are going to be asking those questions. I just think that like the goal is to hit like a wider group of, I don't know how to say this, but like hopefully there are less kids who are well-versed in this and there are kids who are just being introduced to it at this time period not that like those kids wouldn't be able to like do that but just like it's a different like he's trying to hit a wider group of kids um and start to like have just have them start having these conversations so and yeah it's like not to discount that those kids don't exist right but like just that like it's it, for me, it just made me think, like, I just had to remind myself a lot, like, I am not the target audience for this. So I'm not, if, if we do not go deeper into this, it doesn't take away from the effect of, like, someone, like, for the first time being, like, these systems are, like, this is a system set up against a group of people, and that's unfair. And, like, acknowledging and identifying that is just as important, um, especially for this, like, audience group as going deeper into why the system exists and who set it up and what what are the combat you know what i mean like it, i think it's just like important to remind yourself sometimes of of when you're being a guest and like the target audience is basically what i'm trying to say um but moving on um she is able to like uh go on the other night again she checks the erg app she sees that she does have support from madame dubois this pop group shrieking sirens shouts out her and Maria in Atlanta. And then Elsie says that Bane probably doesn't want any more bad publicity, which leads into there is some bad publicity happening, right? And like mm-hmm. I think people one of the like bigger him. huh? So people don't like him. Yes, people don't do not like him. Um whether or not they 
agree with his stance on magicians and things, there's also like a level of he's not Merlin, he's a wraith, he is he's also othered type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that like sorry, um then also I think like a big theme throughout this book is like you know the department of half truths and full cover-ups like the fact of like perception versus reality the fact of like how you're positioning things what you're you know i mean in the i think one of the in the one of the chapters we cover here like how much information you're giving how upfront and transparent you're being as like a government to the people and vice versa so um this is like kind of setting that up as well and Elsie, so Elsie says, like, you know, it works out in her favor. Um, and then Amari texts her mom and says that her and Elsie are heading off to the bureau. And that's where this chapter ends. Um, but we also get the sense that, like, obviously, this is not the end of Amari's coming up against the bureau, Bain, and public opinion. Right. Here on Wizard Team, it's no surprise that we love books. We also love supporting the independent bookstores. With our bookshop affiliate link, you can not only get all the books on your TBR, but you can support indie bookstores and BNC at the same time. And if you're not sure what you want, that ain't no problem. Check out our The Plot Thickens list full of recommendations from none other than Portia herself. Head to www.bookshop.org slash shop slash Black Nerds Create to treat your shelves. Treat your shelves. Oh, that's that's nice. That's clever. Oh, my goodness. That's clever. chapter eight so even though elsie teleported into amari's house they cannot teleport into the bureau um (laughs) because well mostly because it's on the lockdown after the um due to the time freeze um although there was like some i guess they had some like regulated stuff happening at the like when kids were coming to camp but now since it's after that they have to figure out another way to do this my main question here and i think it's a question that's going to come up a lot uh, in the next two chapters and also just in while we read this book is like where are the adults why do you have this like 13 year old going to pick up her friend knowing she's going to pick her up but not having a direct way for them to get back and we're just gonna... I know we see the answer for Harlow and Bane yes. we don't have the answer for Magnus and Fiona Right. Like why like I'm like there are we, other adults here who could be like, Oh, okay, yeah. she's coming. Okay, let's let's open up some channels to her. let her get here. Like why are yeah. we doing why are we doing it this way? Um however You couldn't have gotten the does, invisible ship from the garage? Like I just something. Something. Um however, it does give us this really cool uh bit of world building, so I will allow it. Um personally I like um, these kind of worlds where you get like new ways to enter the supernatural world like different kinds of transportation I think that that's good world building so like again 
whatever, we're going to go through the tubes. Um, so basically you can only get into the Bureau through supernatural entrances right now. Um, so that's underground waterways, special telescope transporter on the international space station, um, and the tubes. And so they go to one that's at the zoo. Um, and there's like this door that they get to that says zoo personnel only. There's this dude who's like, I think sweeping around there or like cleaning up. And he's like, this place is off limits. And Elsie goes not to us. And they flash their badges and then they go inside. Cause they're, you know, <laughs> it's dramatic, but it's very cute. Um, so then they get in and then Elsie and Amari are trying to cut the line, which, because there's a, the part of the reason why most like bureau folks don't go, don't take the tubes is because it's where a lot of supernatural folks use it. And so the lines are backed up. It's like not really an efficient way to travel um, when you're on bureau business, I guess. And so they are kind of, they're like asking if they can go ahead I'm kind of not sure what the rush is because I'm like, if nobody, I mean, they, they got she got that message that said like, please report to the bureau immediately, but you didn't send anyone for her to do that, so I just feel like. I'm also, you didn't say what time there. immediately meant. You know, yeah. like, is there a meeting that I need to be there for at 4:30 right. p.m. And you're not letting me. You're not letting me transport in or teleport in, so. You didn't. You didn't have an adult come and escort me on. Um, so what is what? What is the rush actually? So I'm, I'm gonna get there when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is the moment where in trying to cut the line, they kind of name drop the bureau um, being like, you know, we have to get to the bureau and nobody cares. They're just like, as is everyone in front of you in line, like everyone's right. trying to go to the bureau. Like, well, there's no not, I don't bureau. think they're all trying That's to go to the bureau. Oh, okay. They're all trying to just go to different places. Supernatural but, areas. Yeah, yeah. But it's also but just like, like, there are like, you can't get sued. You're the only bureau personnel. This reminds me a lot of like yeah. people when you're in the, um, airport and there are people like my flight's about to leave and it's like okay but if I let you ahead of me then I'm gonna be late for my flight right and I say this as a person who has done the my flight's about to leave like often because I am notorious for getting to the airport late and getting those and I'm also very used to getting the reaction that Elsie and Amari get um where it's kind of like what is that saying my mom always says sometimes don't make someone else's emergency your your so, emergency doesn't equal someone else's uh, priority, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, like, yeah, I just really like this, um, too, of, like, you know, people are all trying to get somewhere. Get somewhere, yeah. yeah. That and also, like, we And the see... name dropping kind of, like, this overarching... Riles like... them up. Right. Yeah. It's just like, bro, I don't care about you being, like, a cop. Like, what and? Do you do yeah. And? Like, so you're so, a fed? I, and and you... I think that's... Right. And I think that's part... The part is that, like, even though Amari had a hard time in the bureau last summer, like, she... To her... You know, it's summer camp for them, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're going and they're about to do this, like, whimsical thing. They're gonna train in their, like respective departments or whatever but to them it's still like a fun thing it's still like they haven't you know what i mean they don't have to amari to an extent does because she's a magician but she's not in the supernatural world like day to day so she doesn't get the like like how other people have to kind of maneuver around the bureau and this is maybe like one of the first times where she's coming into contact with people who 
don't necessarily have a good outlook or like a loyal, um, you know, a sense of loyalty to the Bureau. Um, and so she's coming in thinking everybody's gonna be like, oh, okay, Bureau business, go right ahead. And they're like, I no. think it's also important to realize too that like the reason why they're all, or a reason why all of these supernatural creatures are here waiting for this tube um, or, you know, riding around Atlanta on buses is because the Bureau. The bureau Mm-hmm. and having to keep themselves secret mm-hmm. um or they're like i would love to just go like you know maybe there's some people who are like i could fly bitch but i can't right. fly because <laughs> i can't afford the the proper like, i gotta head pro- to the like, i'm trying to get on the tube right now because i ran out of my invisibility formula right, right. So i gotta rent to the store but i gotta wait on this long effing line because now everybody gotta get in line to get anywhere in the supernatural mm-hmm. world and here i am just trying to get my drops so i can fly with unencumbered by this right with something thing. i could do naturally yeah <laughs> but yeah let me let you go ahead you know right. so yeah exactly. i just love that has it's like that is like everyone around the I think it's most people around I think there are very few people who like to cue and like are just like yeah. oh you know life's grand you know oh, even yeah. on vacation like even if you're like having it's like no like I'm trying to have fun and my fun dictates that I need to like get in and out of this line as quickly as possible because I want to have fun yeah That's standing in line for more than like 10 minutes is just it's like for what it's the worst um so yeah, so but then like right after that, like a news thing comes on um on the TV and it's like talking about Amari and whether or not she's a good magician or behind, you know, the time freeze. And so then everybody like looks at her and realizes that she's the magician on the TV and then they're like, "Go right ahead." Like now dude is all like scared whimpering. of her or whatever. And it's like a one of those things, troll. a whole He's troll whimpering. A troll. Whimpering. whimpering and so it's one of those things where like now so you know amari was fine to kind of like throw her bureau weight around but i think it was also like i would say that in the sense of like i don't think in their minds they're just like we gotta get to camp right like but in this case with magician especially because she knows she didn't do anything um having to deal with like the weight of that and then folks being afraid of her she's like that's not really what i wanted or like how i wanted to uh get in get to the bureau or whatever um but elsie's kind of like look we gotta go so at this point we just gotta let it go and and go forward or whatever um it's how you know amari doesn't have the makings of an anti-hero nor a villain no because a villain would be like should they step it Period. out of my way let's go she would have said let's go first. gang she gang like, first you. I don't, she's yeah, like she would have been like and and remember that remember this right, right. right. she be like i, I don't know like, if y'all know- wait in line i don't know if y'all notice but i could put an illusion where y'all just got y'all be out of line anyway i'm exactly. being nice by asking nicely this is mm-hmm. what i'm doing right now but i could get you out of this line if I really wanted to. Do you want to mm-hmm. go there today? I didn't think so. Back up. No. Amari's like, oh no. They're scared of me. Right. She's she's not the one for that. She's she's not. She's just she's not too pure. Too pure for this world. Um, so they cut ahead. They get to the uh, front of the line where a winged goblin is uh, manning the door and smoking a cigar and he doesn't care that amari's a magician he's just like where are you going um he was like he he was like wait a minute but let's let's not play i was born 
by a volcano eruption. Inside I a volcano eruption. Inside. And I was pressed from the matter of the earth and erupted into lava when right. I was born. Okay? That's how I, that's how I greeted the earth. And yep. I'm supposed to be scared of you. He's like, I'm good. It's fine. So, Namari's like, I just, know, I just want to know his life story. I just want to know it's crazy. Goblins. Where- like, what's up with these goblins? Like, why are y'all born in a volcano? An erupting I volcano. Wanna, I want to know. That's, I just need... That's a song. That's a song. I want to yeah. know. I want to <laughs> know. How Joe. goblins... What is what is their life? Like, I want to know the Sasquatch Mafia, and I also yeah. want to know about whatever the, the goblins... goblins. I yeah. just love... Yeah, again, I love the little moments where you just, like... We're never going to see this goblin again, I, presumably. Who can say? Um, but, like... <laughs> Just those little moments where you're just like, wait, huh? And then we move on because it is not necessary to the plot, but it, you know, builds out the world. It adds a little, it's like a little more... je ne sais quoi, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, just, add, just add something. <laughs> that's where my inner, my inner sociologist comes out where I'm like, wait a minute. That's why if I were in the market, I'd be like, wait a minute, sir, I have to pull my notebook. Do you you want to have like I mean, Elsie you pulling your arm like, come, we got to go. You're like, oh, no, 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 I got questions. We, it, it can I, got, I, got some I know questions. we're in a hurry, but I, I got questions. I, I just got a couple of questions. Maybe I can book an appointment with you. Call, like, I just want to have a conversation about what in the world? Like, what? Literally. Sir wild um okay so they're gonna so they go i'm gonna read this passage of like how they get to the tubes or go through the tubes um so she says she wants to go to the lobby of the bureau um dude's like all right listen up you're gonna want to take two rights and then a left make sure you don't miss a second right um amari doesn't know what that means but he's like don't worry you will now go inside you're holding up my line um amari asks if she and elsie can go together and he's like no one at a time so the glass door opens, um, and I step inside. Then it shuts behind me with a thud. The wing goblin holds up three fingers, then two, then one. Aye! Without warning, the floor <laughs> drops away, and I'm suddenly sliding through a clear tube faster and faster. First of all, absolutely not. I would need some yeah. warning more than that. Like, you're counting down, but to what? Am I dropping? Am I going forward? Am I, you know, like, what are we doing? Am I flying? But, nope, just immediately falling um lights line the top of the tube so i can see every twist and turn as i zip along it moves through stone and dirt then up through a room with lots of wires and back down through the bottom of a swimming pool um and still lower through the sewers from there it takes one especially long dive moving me so fast my belly feels like it's up my in my throat finally i emerge in a large cavern cavern where i just barely make out a maze of other tunnels heading in every direction the tube begins to flatten out, allowing me to see where it splits in two up ahead. I lean hard into right into the right tunnel and dive even deeper, so fast that I wonder if the center of the earth is nearby. But instead, I emerge inside another large cavern, this one full of glittering gemstones that sparkle as I pass. Whoa, something enormous, hand, claw, talon, grips the tube, giving it a hard shake that bounces me inside, and I spot the outline of something so massive I can't even see it all as the tunnel gives me the option of going left towards the creature or right away from it. It's an easy choice to make. Finally, the tube begins to rise up and up, and the last left I take drops me right into a large cushioned pillow beneath a chute at the front of the main lobby of the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs. I get up and work out my wobbly legs until Elsie plops onto the same pillow 30 seconds later. Um, and Elsie goes, Omari, let's never do that again. Like, ever. Which, yeah, because what the heck? <laughs> 
It's like the world's worst, you know? like water slide, but no water. Like it's come like come on, just like, like that's like entirely too. Uh, the the chaos, the chaos of it all. Um, it was bad enough when she had to do the elevator where you had to press the button at the right integral and like she had to like make that figure that out. Like, yeah, and then there was something scary that was like looming on her way down for in an elevator, and then the, they can the monster you're can in a shake tube and a monster like. What do you mean? What do you mean you're shaking Mm-mm. the tube? Mm-mm. Are you just doing that for your jollies? Like, cause why else would you do that? Like, why I'm are you probably just... trying to get somebody to eat? And that's either way. Now, now I'm gonna sit. Now I'm gonna consider. I was almost somebody's food today. Come on, that's too much to process. I'm just trying to get to Mm-mm. camp. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so immediately they're like, "Let's go see Quentin." Um, but then they're like waylaid by a junior double talk junior double talker um because they've been summoned by the director of half truths and full cover-ups so they're taken to a press conference which is swarming with journalists again where are the adults like where like the 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 childhood development and like safety and like all of that again still missing they haven't they haven't improved from last year (laughs) for me i was like i would um, immediate setup like again i don't trust anyone uh immediately immediately suspicious that this kid diverted me from the direction i was trying to go in to take me in front of reporters come on that's very sad it's so sad inside of the bureau where it's really hard to get into currently there's a whole lockdown going on and you you reporters were conveniently in the spot where I was being brought. On to. top of the fact that like the only communication that Amari has gotten from the bureau is you've been uninvited. Now you've been reinvited. Yeah. Get here immediately. And the first thing there's no she hasn't talked <laughs> to a single like director, a, single a senior double talker, even no. you know, like no. an adult. She's not had any interaction, direct interaction with any adults in the supernatural world at this point. She's gotten automated messages, and now this kid. And now she's yeah. about to be in front of a bunch of journalists. Of it's course. just very Mama Peters would be livid. Yeah. What is Robin's husband's name? Juan Juan Dixon. Juan, Juan Dixon would not <laughs> like JP Joshua Scott. What's going on? I'm glad Juan Dixon is not here Juan right Dixon now. Would not. <laughs> I hate that that lady's name is Robin. I am and so glad the same Juan Dixon is not here right not now. Here. Y'all. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, but I'm crying. Not gonna lie. Oh my god. <laughs> A mess. A whole mess. Because Robin on Potomac is unhinged for this. She does it too uh... much. It is a problem. Um, but it's hilarious <laughs> thinking about Mama Peters being what Amari would would call on. My mother. Mrs. Peters would not be happy. Right now. <laughs> Ugh. Um. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then <laughs> she's getting again. She's getting sworn by these journalists. They're asking all types of questions, and then this, uh, the director of, uh, Half Truths and Full Cover Ups, Elaine Harlow, pops up, got her hand on Amari's shoulder, and steers her to the stage because there's a or a podium. Because that's you convenient. know set up for very, a press conference. Very convenient. Um, like, she's, does the department always have a podium outside of its doors? Hmm? Yeah. Yep. Um, 
she gives she's there to give a public really? apology to Amari for the uninvitation um and calls it a misunderstanding. She does not mention Maria at all cuz I presumably Maria was all has also been dealing with this, but Maria's not here, so it's not just a it's again like I mean it's very obvious that this is not a sincere apology, but like this is what we get. Not hey Amari, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. No private conversation, no direct conversation. Just a press conference immediately. Let's let's address the press. Um, and then she asks for questions. Uh, one, fo- somebody asks her about like how she feels about getting special treatment about because you know she's allowed back into the bureau, whereas other um, unwanted's are still having like you know they're still being pursued and persecuted. Um, and I know Amari does like it's not something that occurred to her initially, but when it's brought to her attention, she's definitely like thinking about it and it, you know, does, but she also doesn't have time to respond. Um, then there's a Yeti who asks her, who's like, you know, you um, stopped Moreau last year. Like, are you planning to investigate the time freeze? And so Amari is like, this might actually be a good chance to do this so that when I am in the bureau, they know what I'm doing and they're not going to try to stop me. Um, which is a very 13-year-old thing to think. Um, but I just want to note the, the, the little bit of the whimsy in that part is that, like, uh, it's a Yeti in a trench coat. So, like, very, like, Dick Tracy kind of era, like, reporter. And then the name of the publication is Forest Lantern, which is just adorable. Um, but also, like, very hard-hitting, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and... I just think it's I just think it's really cute. Like as a whimsical mm-hmm. like story building part. Like I just love and that the that the this is the person that's asking about like her being a hero. Like yeah. I really just enjoy that as a story building thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so they So yeah, so Amari's like, I'm about to tell them that this is what I'm gonna do. Um, but then she's caught off by Harlow, who's like, All right, that's enough questions, and just immediately steers her away. Um, and also the mic cut, so she doesn't she, yeah. like whatever answer she's about to say. She's like, it's like the uh, my band it. songs. Like, I, cut. Nope. Done. Nothing. Um. And so Harlow then takes Elsie and Amari to um the to an elevator. Um and the fastest elevator in the whole yeah video. isn't it lucy or one of them mm-hmm. i don't remember um so yeah so takes takes them to the elevator and they're kind of talking like we find out that harlow is a fawn um which is so she has like floppy ears but they're she's black so they're hidden in her like afro and then she has um hooves um fawns are or they were once considered essentially human um, until she touched the crystal ball. Um, but at this point, she's like, you know, she's the director of the, what's it called? But she's also a master gaslighter. Like, she took half-truths and full cover-ups so seriously. Said, hold my beer. She said, like, hold this whole bottle. Because let me, I'm about to, I'm about yeah. to. So, yeah. I will also say. truths Let's try a, a one quart of truth. Mm-hmm. Half. <laughs> That's um, too high. But I also feel like she's like, that sounds like a great personality and I'm going to live it. That's the, that's my whole aesthetic. Yep. I just love it. Here we go. Um, I will say too, like we, here, so we've, we've heard about this department, um, but this is the first time we're actually like 
they actually have like a real presence. Um, and it's interesting because the kind of the point in there, like, wasn't, he talks about isn't, the, isn't um, Laura and Maria's mother? Isn't she one of the? Isn't she in that department? I can't I think remember. Because so. I feel like yeah. whenever they were talking about like they were doing the final trial or whatever, like it came up that she was in that department. And mm. yeah, I th- I think so. Okay, yeah, I couldn't. I can't remember. Um, but I believe it. So it, it's, I think it's interesting though, because like, so we see like the podium has this um, image on it of like somebody who's like two faced, and it's like on one side they're kind of talking directly to a crowd, and on the other side they're kind of like whispering. Um, and so it's supposed to represent how this department uh, covers up like the supernatural world, you know, like comes up with excuses and stuff for like supernatural things in the known, in the known world while keeping the supernatural world informed. Right. However, it's very clear again, that they take the half truths and full cover-ups. They're not just saying that to doing that to like non-magical people. They're like interacting in that way with folks in the supernatural world as well. Um, which is not surprising, but, it's very, it is interesting, I think, to have that be What's established What's really funny to me, too, is that it's not only, but, like, the name is Half Truths and Full Cover-Ups. And I understand that they're saying, like, our goal is to tell the truth to the supernatural world and then mm-hmm. lie to the normies mm-hmm. or keep, keep our presence a secret to the normies. But, like, so clearly they're keeping secrets from... Everybody. supernatural world as well yep. everyone right and so it's very clearly a pr spin department mm-hmm. and um there's even I don't know, something I like... she says about um she says we never let the truth get away and get in the way of a good story good story yeah which is like... and that's like their true tagline like instead of like mm-hmm. like ha- like it should just be their tag like their every motto like under whatever mm-hmm. their actual one is that they decided to have whenever they like created the department it should be that that's that's a perfect tagline but that's mm-hmm. like the internal tagline right right because you yeah. want other people or whatever and it's just really funny to me because it is very much reminds me of like directors of communication and all of these kind of like pr roles that say you know it's our job to like communicate our story or whatever and like you know um like the press secretary for um politicians and stuff like to keep people informed but everyone kind of understands that like no it's your job to put a good spin on things and to stop us from finding out your baggage Mm -hmm. um it's just like let's you know we all know what's happening here (laughs) exactly i mean that how but then how else do you get like and i'm not you know, maybe the better example is Elsie because I was thinking Amari. But how else do you get like Elsie's or whatever to feel like the bureau is a well, not Elsie because she's also has a parent who works there. Someone who has no like other like draw or connection to the bureau, so isn't like getting fed um, the like propaganda of the bureau being a great place on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, how else do you drive? that kind of story home or interest home um, and get young people who will come in and take up that same like through line of work without like making it, you know what I mean? Like, it's and like I think a, how do you keep the adults from life. like asking questions or from yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, 
or and even the hard. other supernatural folks who aren't in the bureau like they clearly yeah. aren't happy with the bureau but they're going along with it um like they're they accept like i feel like in the last in um amari and the smart and the smart brothers amari and the night brothers they uh do a good job about talking about how like um the how the people of the supernatural world um accept the bureau because of um the things that had happened because of like because of the night brothers but also mm-hmm. like um before the bureau was established how there was how persecuted everyone was getting and how it was just like very like vicious and like hard and so i un- like I, f- I feel like the more that an institution uh survives like we're seeing this right now with like democracy in the united states um people are questioning like the functionality of it and like like how well it's actually growing to adjust to the current times having it been such a long like so it had like been founded in such an era that was so far be um older like than the current yeah. one so it's like what has actually been like we say that we've innovated but have we like have we just taken mm-hmm. on like new technologies to implement the same things that we've been doing you know um and I think that like I love that this part of the story is that you're kind of seeing the crumbling of um the visage of like oh like the bureau is t- totally above board and like this mm-hmm. through line they've like, they've always been able to like kind of they've been able to maintain enough that no one has like rebelled against them too bad before um and i think that's the thing about regime change is that mostly it most of the time that you see it happen it's not one force that's doing it it's multiple different things that makes it all come apart mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it's and uh as a history nerd and a like person who loves seeing stories that just like talk about how things rebellion or revolution or whatever this is like a really interesting um take on that in that way where it's like it's not all one fell swoop it's not just amari saving the world and breaking everything apart it's like naturally um as it's the bureau gets older there's more and more stuff they got to try to like control and they can't control everything yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah so also then they're you know they're Elsie and Amari have questions they're like you know you uninvited me and she's like oh no we didn't Namari checks her thing the message is gone so again master gaslighter and also just like how are you allowed to delete messages from her phone my question is like if she had screenshotted it would they have been able to delete her screenshot too like how deep does it go and on top of the fact that like there was a live stream in which there was like people it's not like people don't remember don't know that she was uninvited she wasn't yeah. there for like four she's four hours late to camp um actually more than that because they had to get to the tube or whatever but like yeah it's just very and i think it's what it is is it's so brazen um and i think that's the part of it right like there's yeah there's a thing of like oh you know we are really sorry like she could have tried to put on like a fake sincere apology but she doesn't even really try um because I think that she knows that, like, she can do what she wants. No, this is, like, definition of gaslighting, too. Where, yeah. like, she's literally like, oh, really? We did that? Show me the proof. And it's like, mm-hmm. one, you're also, she's also, like, not so subtly hinting to Amari. Like, we own the story. Are we, I I tell you what's real and what's not real. Or, mm-hmm. you know, what's actually going on. Um, and, uh, like this is what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, 
I think it's also very smart of her to not put a cover story on it because it leaves it free for her to rewrite it as many times as she wants to later. There's no, like, like a good lie, something that, like, is based on, like, the truth to an extent. So if there's nothing there, she can spin it as many times as she wants to because she can just retell the story mm-hmm. however she wants um, as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And we can see she's already in that kind of vantage point where she would definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But she kind of like moves them moves them along by being like, "Oh, we, I know you want to go see your brother," so she drops him off um, in the like hospital or at the so ICU. So, what was the point of breaking him, bringing Amari in there if not for the press conference in the first place? It was that was the whole so point. That they could take pictures, yeah, showing yeah. that Amari was there, and then moving yeah. her along. Like we're mm-hmm. not answering. I'm not answering any of your questions. And not I don't answering your questions. To. I'm not even like I. She's not even involved in camp, so she can't really give her any information on what she's missed. Or, yep. like, what's going on. Like, none of that. She's just, her, like... She's not part of her department, so she can say, well, your assignment this year is going to be, right. like, nothing. Nope, nothing. None of that. Just all press, and then let me get you where you were going. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, it was a good distraction, because that's what Amari wants, and that's where she goes. So she and Elsie get to Quentin. Um, Magnus, Fiona, and Maria are all there. Um, Amari gets to talk to Quentin, like, through Maria... Um, and he's like, you know, we wanted to do this thing for you real quick. So they do what's called a gray jacket ceremony, which, you know, is the blandest thing that you could, <laughs> of, of, you know, in this world, it's like, dang, gray jacket. Um, but it's a ceremony that they would have had if camp hadn't have ended early last year and like all that mess hadn't happened. Um, so they just wanted to have a moment to like give her her junior agent jacket and like, you know, big her up. Um, and so she gets her new jacket, which looks pretty similar to her old jacket, but apparently has a few tricks up its sleeve. And then Quentin tells her that he's proud of her. And the gray is darker. Let's not forget that. A little bit. It's a little shade. You know, it's a bit darker. Mm hmm. So. You know. But Quentin is proud of her, and that's all that matters, really. <laughs> this in is the true. End. You know? I also love, though, that she's, like, super excited to see Quentin. Um, she kind of recognizes that she's been, like, you know, distracted from asking real questions to um, Harlow, but doesn't care. And then mm-hmm. immediately when he's like, what's up? He, she's like, you know, just living life. What? No big deal. <laughs> like, just straight. You know like, how I do. <laughs> you know how I do. Just saving the world. Like, just their sibling almost, relationship is so cute. Almost expelled from camp, but we good. Yeah. We move. <laughs> like, you're currently lying here and you don't need to know all the trivialities of, you know. Yeah. What I what I what my brain has been through. It'd be interesting if he was like had some level of telepathy and like could sense things or something, even you know, while not actively up and about. That would have been that would be interesting. Yeah, well, like through Maria, able to like read minds. That'd be kind of out of yeah, like or to tap into like what Amari's actual feelings are. Feelings like, are. wait a minute, yeah. Hmm. Um. All right. Yeah, that was the end of chapter eight. I just want to say I was also disappointed by how little time Amari has with Quentin. Like yeah, that is in that a moment. very short conversation, and she's not seen him for almost a year. 
Well, so I don't know if that's true. I did want to add, like, because he was definitely in New Zealand or something. I think it's been at least six months. Um, But I assumed that while he was still in Atlanta, that she maybe got to go But she said in the other chapter that she has not been able to go to the Bureau or and see Quentin because, um, and I'm trying to remember what the thing was, but she was saying that she could not, she's not seen him. Okay. And that's what she was. So whenever she was uninvited, she was like, "Oh crap! Now I can't even no, see my I brother." I really can't see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I I think I misunderstood whether it was just like that. Which obviously six months is still a long time. So not to say that mm-hmm. it's not a long time, but just I wasn't clear on how long it had been since they'd seen each other. And I was like, "That's even more effed up." Because I'm like, it's one thing if you're like, "Oh, she's um a potential suspect," but like at the other other side of it all, it's like this is this man this young man very young um was like your top agent and he has no family that able to visit him because you won't allow his mother to know about your society and his sister you are barring because you suspect her for something like that is really rude uh that's yeah so that's my second point with Quentin and then she gets there and she has a tiny conversation it's just real Mm -hmm. bad um as we start chapter nine I just want to give a note to the illustration on page 91 um amari looks like she i think that's supposed to be amari in her gray suit from the um ceremony and she looks 91? like she yeah I thought 91 that was uh i thought that was Lara. maria i can't tell who that's supposed to be i think it's lara because she's in oh. the like she's in the suit or whatever and her hair is like blonde straight i mean it's, yeah it's, it's black and white so but yeah, yeah. i assumed that was lara i was like i didn't know amari like they didn't give us any note that amari had her hair straightened and i was like what's happening like are yeah we getting story points okay mm-hmm. but the illustration it makes her like who, who if it is lara it makes them look like they're like prepped and ready for agent action and i'm just like if it's lara that's even more of a question mark for me um about what's going on there with this illustration um so they go from the tiny... I think that's because Lara should not be a junior agent. Yeah, right. That's what my So my that's what it's is. like mm-hmm. alluding to. But yeah. yeah. It comes back it my question comes back at the end of the chapter because yeah. like, um so when she leaves the room, um a Maria comes out in the hall with her and she desperately wants to ask Maria like about like the society, the League of Magicians and all that. But like every time she's looked at Maria since she's seen her today, uh Maria's like je- like kind of like using her eyeballs to gesture at like the fact they're not alone. Um and um but she promises Amari that she will catch up with her tomorrow for them to have like a deeper discussion about things mm-hmm. um wait but don't and- they talk about uh Harlow and stuff is that then or is that before that I don't think they no they don't really because she's I like I need to go yeah she's uh, gonna help Quentin with his test like his, yeah like, she yeah. wanted I think Amari well, they- states that she wants to ask her about Harlow and like what her experience has been but she doesn't get a chance to and Maria is very clearly like not here not now yeah oh maybe that's in the uh we get more about harlow from elsie no we get more from yeah on like at at lunch or dinner or whatever i'll get we'll get there Um, oh no there's a little bit from oh that's that's when they're in the oh no they talk to um fiona and yeah um, i was gonna say but like they don't talk about she doesn't talk to maria not yeah she doesn't talk to maria okay she she says that she wants to ask her questions but she doesn't get a chance to Yeah, yeah yeah okay Sorry, I just was 
I've done a lot of reading in the last two <laughs> days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she has no son to talk to Maria. So she um, is, like, when she leaves off with a promise, she uh, is able to catch up with Elsie, uh, Fiona, and Magnus, who are all about to catch the elevator. Um, and she gets in with them, and uh, she questions them about... Um, the time freeze investigation and Magnus is just has a grunt and Fiona is like it's a bit of a source uh, <laughs> subject um, and the truth is that there is no investigation not by anyone at the bureau anyhow and Suspicious. it's like okay more like it just gets worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. and then um, the so he basically they basically summarized that like everyone has been like from the bureau has been taken off and it's come through word of mouth of director harlow who works closely with bane and uh elsie questions like how does she get to give orders to other departments and magnus said what you said like (laughs) questions i need answers is we're all asking these questions to each other um and even the director of the bureau chief crow says that harlow speaks for the prime minister and it's like dang like that is just not to give a a shout out to withered boy but it reminds me of the ministry of magic is interfering in hogwarts like it's like Mm -hmm. basically what this boils down to and it's like and it's like interesting too though because you know, this it's not there's no real separation though. Yeah, that's what I was gonna which say. Which is like the part that's like kind of like, you know, she's the chief of the of the bureau, but she's not the but now she's being like superseded or like by a se- by director of a by a director. Department. Yeah. Who we'll we'll learn more about that her becoming director of that department in a second. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So, well, in this second, I don't know why I had it in my thoughts. <laughs> so, um, it's uh, Fiona notes that, yeah, even like uh, Harlow being director of that department is very suspect because um, the former director suddenly retired without a warning. And then out of nowhere, Harlow just takes the job. Suspicious. And was like put up by Bane's recommendation. Yeah, only through that recommendation, and even more suspect. Homegirl has not even run anything before, not even an outpost of the department. So she doesn't even qualify is afoot. for this job. Chicanery, chicanery, shenanigans. Shenan once, big on shenanigan. Shenanigan. Sure will. And so uh, they ask both of the agents, like, um, is there, was there anything that y'all were able to find before, like before your investigation was suspended and they can only answer and they're shifty and <laughs> they're shifting uncomfortably <laughs> answering saying that like everyone agrees that the time free shouldn't be possible. Uh, we also like uh, Amari asked if like they, uh, questioned if, if a magician was definitely behind it and Magnus answers let's just say that, that particular point caused some friction between the departments so like even just questioning whether or not a magician has to be the suspect in this case makes people act like oh 
so now you're the problem like it's, well, a, it's think, a very not good thing to like i think it's also like go down. yeah and i think it's also like it's the department of magical science and then the department of supernatural investigations mm-hmm the Department of Magical Science, right? Like they are trying, they're curious. They want to fix the problem. They want to understand. They have a they have a deeper understanding of how magic works in this world and like what's mm-hmm. possible and what isn't. The Department of Supernatural Investigations is run by Director Van Helsing. So it's going to be, <laughs> like there's going to be that like, you know, because there's this bias of who could possibly be involved or who could possibly like be responsible. Um yeah. Yeah, and to note the senior researchers from the Department of Magical Sciences are like like even from like what they know about magician spells, like there's nothing that they're seeing from the time freeze that indicates it could it could even be a spell. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they're saying is like the highest form of like magician work would be a spell. So they're like no, that's not we like nothing there's no indicators from like, especially from that department that makes them think that's the line um of work there. And that's kind of where they get in that conversation. Uh, shortly after that, Elsie and Amari get off the elevator and they see Bertha because they're on the like level where the dormitories are. And uh, it's so sad. Bertha's such an a-hole. Because like Amari has to like gird her loins a bit. So, like she's ready for Bertha to say something offhand to her. And luckily for Bertha, uh, that she had her mind, I guess, on the sparrow or something else today. She definitely just is like, okay, this is your your room assignment. Bounce and she's out. And it's like, she's part of lucky because like part Bertha of me wondered very easily today. Yeah, I can't remember the other like future interactions with Bertha, but part of me did wonder. Um, she's on their side. I don't remember like. Oh well, I oh see because I was just thinking like they're juniors, right? They're not trainees mm-hmm. anymore. Like part of me was like, is she just mean to trainees? For me, it was like she was like she was trying to be a cop, and she so instead of being able to be a full investigator, she got stuck being a trainee or like a the supervisor for a dormitory, and she's putting her she's uh using her power um against those who cannot go against her. And I yeah, know, like, I feel like that was definitely she's in military last year, but I think yeah. that yeah. like there's something I can't remember specifics, but I think something in Bertha she does have a bit more of a leaning towards Amari and Elsie this year. Yeah, I remember, I felt like I'm picking up on what you're putting down. Like, I do remember something in the story where she's not as, like, she helps them or, like, is doesn't yeah. get in their way at some point. And I can't remember the the reasoning, but then we do get a reason for her. Yeah, and I feel like it's more of a, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of or, situation yeah, something like that. than, like, you know actually being a good person yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so amari's like you know wandering the halls with elsie getting towards their room um on the way there she's noticing most of the people are like ignoring her or whispering about her and then like a couple of people are actually brave enough to say something to her she's like same crap different day this is how it's been um but she also notes that the time freeze may have made people even worse than usual mm-hmm. um but she can't dwell on that thought too long because guess what greets her when she gets into the room? A fluffy beds. And so they're going to take her and Elsie to sit over and bouncing on these beds. <laughs> just having fun. They got this um, giant like screen wall. They got like a whole, they got new digs. They done come up. 
they come up and her point how long is the bureau summer camp it's like seven years or something like some some ridiculous amount of time i don't know if it's a program it's up until 18 so it really just depends on when you join depends on like their age or whatever but i'm just imagining like every year getting an An upgrade upgrade. yeah yeah are they gonna be in penthouses by the time they're yeah like oh yeah have my valet ask like answer your questions i have no yeah i'm sorry have him check my but my schedule um it's funny too because uh like um the observation like i was about amari like the amari makes uh, she's thinking about like um catching up with Jaden and like and how he's like made it through whatever um and she notes that he has like a different curfew as a trainee than she does as a junior agent and i'm just like laughing because i'm like she's like so she gets new digs she gets like a uh, better like uh, um equipped things in the new digs and then she also no longer has to go to like the her and elsie were playing last year um <laughs> mm-hmm. with their like turning on elsie's machine and like talking over like curfew or whatever but this year she's like i have a later curfew i ain't gotta do none of that so she's just like <laughs> Up her like got everything's this bed, up her. I got this this landscape uh came little, up you know ambiance yeah and so it's just so it's just really funny to me and then uh I want to know that while they are like there they are um talking about her options for like what's next um with her, the whole Cosmo situation and getting the crown and. They talk through like what are her options, and basically she has no options. <laughs> She's like, well, um, no, I see, but this is like the thing where I'm brain. like, no, you have an option. You just don't want to believe that that option is viable because. But I don't. I don't know if I. I can see. I don't know. I can see. How the, I can always see all the sides. So the options are. Um, Elsie says what he's say turning what's turning it turning down and then uh, Amari says if I turn it down then uh, they'll probably Cosmo will probably do the war um, anyway because they're afraid of Bane and then the what if you do accept the crown and then command them to not go to war and then Amari's like uh, that's not an option either because if Bane gets his hands on a magician and fighting breaks out then she'll be forced and leading them against the bureau anyway. And so that's the one I don't agree with. Their but. conclusion is that the only answer to the situation is to solve the time freeze like they already said they were going to do because that way they can put Merlin back in power and Bane is not the problem anymore. And then so the like impetus to get the war going is no longer necessary, which is fake. All of this is fake. She doesn't <laughs> know that. She's 13. And that's, she does not know, but she also doesn't and know. She also she doesn't, doesn't know, know that there are know like all the greater are things at work. Yeah. So I'm and like, like I, I option number four, take that. the crown, placate them in the meantime, and still try to figure out the time war and get Merlin back in. But I think like, that underestimates how freeze, much sorry, the war. magicians were gonna try to body her at twelve year old into doing stuff. Like there are like entire histories of like oh yeah uh, crowned twelve year olds being on the like on the throne and like the regents overpowering any little thing they like anything they try to do. Oh, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying like it's an option. Yeah, but I, I think that if if the, if the magician was in trouble, how is she going to sit there? You have to remember. Yeah. Dylan is still in play. She doesn't know this. She doesn't right. know that. But right. Dylan but is just... still an option, technically. So, like, 
you're gonna I'm just saying like the idea for a 13 year old of like placating someone or playing along while doing like subterfuge isn't like really forefront of her mind Also, she couldn't even tell her mama like a, a believable yeah, excuse not... but it's like tell them like go through the motions of you're doing what they want you to do while you accept the crown while also finding I don't out. think but even, I think even if that were even if she were better if she were a better actor, I still don't think that she that would be a viable option to her because the magicians, no matter what, are going to get done what they want to get done. And even if Dylan were not there, if the, she was a better actor and Dylan were not there, like she still would have to vie with like the only thing she would have to stand against them with is to make sure that they did what they, she wanted them to do was to like use her powers against them. And she don't she doesn't know what they are. She doesn't know what yeah. their abilities are. She doesn't. So how is she going to shore that up? The only other option then is to then like build a network of support like her own army of people or whatever who would back her up against them or whatever within the magician league and outside of the magician league but she don't know that she'll know how to do all that so it's like she's alone here those are those are her options that's all she's yeah i'm just saying like i don't know i think i'm not saying it's a good option and i'm saying that it's like foolproof but I just think I feel like it's the like the best like what she from what she has ahead of her like and the best option is what she came up with right then but yeah in hindsight like if she if she were to know what we know perhaps she would have chosen just to go on and do it that wouldn't even Mm -hmm. without sort of she'd just be a pebble in the shoe (laughs) of the league she would just be like I'm not doing it like just stubbornly not doing stuff that maybe that's the best she could do but like people don't do the parent trap offensive anymore as much as they should <laughs> i feel like the parent trap really laid out uh like what is that called um uh malicious, malicious uh compliance yes mm. yeah 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 so i we and you're right we need to see more stories of malicious compliance for children um I think that like Parent Trap is a good example, but also like uh in a way Home Alone is like yeah it's kind of that, like, was, that was what I was thinking yeah that's a good one uh, so yeah so that's where they we end with her talking to Elsie in the room the next time we see them uh they well the another note is that like for a moment uh Elsie's like oh, you're gonna always have my I'll always have your back like chiropract um <laughs> that's what I'm here for I'm a trusty sidekick and um lovingly Amari's like girl you are nobody's sidekick and I just love that they had that friendship moment where they're like mm-hmm. where I don't ever see you that way don't like, you ever you have my back way. but I'm a big you up like don't right don't yeah. ever in your life but you're not on <laughs> a no sidekick level you're not a sidekick level assistant you're not a henchman you're like yeah. you're like equal level we're doing this together Amari's like these things might be centered around me but we are in this, it's equal partnership here mm-hmm. I love that so they're about ready to go to dinner. And that's when Amari's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't she say that we need to look under our pillows? And so they look under their pillows. And <laughs> this is all we give, isn't we, it also gives me wizard boy because one of them looks under the pillows and there's like a multitude of things. And the other one looks under their pillows. There's like one thing. Right. Um, so Elsie uh, looks under her pillow. There's like three cards. She's been... Um, Ask, these are all invitations to join clubs. Now that they're junior level, they can officially join clubs at the Bureau. And she's eligible to join the magic- Magical Science Fair, uh, the Vanquish Fan Club, and a prestige club called the Junior Genius Society. And I'm like, of course. Sure, you're right. right. Girl's been invited to Oxford. If she was not invited to the Genius Club, I'd be like, what is what is going on here? That is, <laughs> un- that is very unjust. 
Exactly. So, straight up her alley. And then Amari um, looks under her pillow. There's only one also, card. Also, isn't her uh, magical ability like genius inventor? Yeah. 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 It would be a snub. It would <laughs> <laughs> be a huge snub. Um, Amari looks under her pillow. There's only one card, but it's gold. It's like shiny gold uh, writing. And it tells her that she's been elite to the most exclusive uh, club that uh, directors, chief directors, and a who's who's of the Bureau's most famous members have all worn uh, their pins. And that to, for her to join them at the back of the club fair tonight to take her place among the stars. And if that doesn't sound it's like, relax. Like, I don't. Why can't it, I get invited to the what other clubs y'all got? Right. <laughs> like I couldn't get one more. But it's also interesting though that you can tell. You can kind of see the like. Um. I mean, Amari says this at some point. Like she's like, I probably won't have everyone on my side, and they're still probably gonna like when she notices the support that she gets on um the other net when after that video goes viral. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I, it probably won't even be most people on my side, but I do have some people who are on my side. And so, like, this, I think, is a really good example of that because, like, she's now, yeah, she's back in camp, but the only invitation, so, like, Elsie gets an invitation to the Vanquish fan club. Mm-hmm. Why would you not in, Amari invite his sister's own sister to the Vanquish fan club? You know what Maybe I mean? Maybe that's like, too weird, though. But Maybe they're like wait, she's, she's, she's his sister. But still, and I feel like, like would you invite Maria last year? She saved both of them. Yes, but would you invite personally? Like, I would be like, I mean, I, I don't, don't think if she she's comes, not a vanquished fan. She's not. Yeah, like I don't think, like, I don't think she would want to be around people who are standing her brother. Like, ew. Gross. But at least, at least. But I would still be like, we gonna give it a try. Maybe invite her to a talk. You know, maybe if y'all are yeah. like, we're putting together an event and we want you yeah, to be a keynote is, this speaker. This the thing about Bionna that always member. makes me a little bit mad. <laughs> I'm going to just put this out on the podcast right now. <laughs> Bionna says no to herself a lot more than she lets other people say no. Like she says no for them and doesn't even do it. And I will always be like, just do it. You get a no, you don't get a response. But why would anyone? Because maybe they will. Maybe they'll find it funny. Maybe they don't find it weird because you find it weird. Just in the thing I oh it's weird i, I <laughs> oh i'm like, like a really about. cute video by the way i'm sorry i'm mm-hmm. just gonna um where someone they had extra invitations to their wedding and they just sent them to random celebrities it. and then they got a response from michelle and barack obama yeah it was adorable they have a like press secretary that can handle that i doubt the other celebrities. no the lady she she opened it and she looked at i saw like, it there's bleeding i saw it yeah yeah but I was saying the press secretary to make sure that they actually like look at anyways. Yeah. Um they didn't go to their wedding. Right. And they got a response back the, the way gift? late, but still yeah. they got a response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She get to go a little viral on the internet. I think for the invite like I think my it was I was on whenever you were explaining whatever for Bayana, I was like for a moment, I was like, I just like having options. Exactly. Like, I, might, I may yeah, not she always needs options. But I just I mean, like there are always, other clubs. Those yeah. aren't the only but three like, she But she only got one in. invite. And, but that's yeah. what I, and that's what I was it's saying like, about, like, the fact in- that, like, she's still kind of... Um, a pariah? A pariah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like, yeah, she got back into um, camp, but, like, people are still scared of her as a magician, don't want to be seen with her, understand that, like, she's an unwanted... 
But like y'all have known that like like she's been she just got uninvited from camp like yesterday. So this whole time, whenever y'all put together your club list, you just left her off in all of the club list. I think the other thing too is is like not a lot of people know her. So like Elsie is like very obviously, yes, of course, she's a scientist, so she's gonna be in that club. She's a genius, so she's gonna be in that club. She's a van you know, she's a vanquished stan, so she's gonna be there, right? Like I think it's easier for her and not in the sense of like that's not I'm not as that not as a reason but I'm saying like no one really took the time to get to know her last year to know like what her skills would be she also was really hyper focused on saving her brother and so it's not like she had those opportunities to like explore but, what other things she might be interested in and again I'm not saying she sh I'm not saying it, it as a reason why she shouldn't have been invited I'm just saying it as like just the reality of the situation like she nobody and on top of that people don't are already like have these preconceived notions about her um but i think that's even more of a like if you think about the way that uh, mari and the night brothers end it's even more of a reason why she should be overflowing with invitations because she saved the magical world so even if like i'm like i'm saying even if you don't think that she'll accept your invite your i shot. would invite her shoot, shoot your, your shot, shot right like what sure you know what i mean to have um like we said like they don't know about her like they didn't know until like the day before about her getting uninvited or whatever but like you know she was like the video went viral the um people were talking about is she a good magician or not so if you want your club to have some level of prestige you would invite her and like the fact that there mm -hmm. is like i'm assuming there's some sort of like investigations club or clubs for kids in that department like and she doesn't yeah. have any of those i want to know either, what so. like what list lara would have been on if she didn't become pride you know what i mean like whatever right. lara would have had um invites to that's what the invites should have came to amari like she should have been having yeah. the same consideration and i think it's also like you know also telling that she that the one that she gets invited to is the elites one right it's the one that yeah. like you know oh she's a celebrity oh she's like famous not necessarily but, a skill that she has so and a lot of my, it is like also you know, i get look, like look a, we we're gonna watch you know? her and keep tabs on her by inviting her to this because the people in that mm -hmm. elite thing are not just like campers it's like right directors and all you know what i mean yeah. so i that, i got from that we're gonna invite her to this thing so we can keep tabs on her mm. my thing was that like her the note is like like these are all people who have maintained an atmosphere that's been like anti-magician at mm -hmm. the bureau or in within the world. So like her being in invited to be among them is just very, 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 very suspect because suspicious because who, why do you want her who you have taken all this like time? And see, I think of it as a press from thing. Being in I don't think so. I feel like like it's very. See, I think a maybe pressing would be like Vanquish inviting her. I think this is. Uh, I think it's both. I think it can be both, especially because yeah. we'll see later. Like Harlow's in this club too, right? Like, yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a both and. I feel like no matter what, if someone isn't, if I know the people, the same people who I don't know, I that's a consideration that I don't think she would make, and she's just not there. And we yes, time, but and also, she's also not interested in it either. She's like, yeah. I could maybe prestige club work for okay. my investigation since these like people are in it, but yeah, I don't actually want to be interest. in this club. And it's and the only, and I will say that like 
the thing that I wanted, I we didn't hear that Elsie's Prestige Club um, invitation or any other invitation to anything cool, but the uh, the invitation for that Amari received like turns itself into a little star that she can pin onto herself. And I'm like, so this club is so elite, they can use magic to like turn their invitation into something. And I'm like, and no other club is doing that apparently. Right. Um. And I, I'm like, I'm like, you would expect the geniuses to have like had something happen with their invitation, and no? I'm gonna say, as somebody who hates being handed a flyer, because then I feel bad because I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna throw, throw this in away trash as soon as I'm under your eyesight. Even if I, even if I, not. even if I use it, even if I'm like, even if I write down that information and I and I'm like, cool, I'm actually gonna do this. The flyer is going in the trash. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it turns into something that you can like use and is cute and yeah, you know, sustainability. Yeah. Origami also. It's like art mm-hmm. as well as. Yeah. So they both determined that yes is very sus and uh but they are like int- like you said interested in speaking uh to Harlow who they uh well directors are part of it. So she wants to like get close to her to get information for, about Bane. Um and so but I what I love about this is how wised up that they have both have gotten because again, distrust, be suspicious um that they both have become because elsie leads a conversation with like oh no i'm gonna look this lady up (laughs) and so while they're at the table um having dinner um and getting seconds and considering thirds for tacos elsie is like let me give you the lowdown on what i've gotten so far on this lady basically she was adopted by an english family who said they found her um while wandering the woods as a small child um and they nominated her, nominated her for the bureau when she was twelve. Um, initially, her application was denied um, because they said that only humans were considered for membership. And then she eventually won her case um, as she assimilated enough through human dress and hairstyle to pass the loose requirements for essentially human, which upset a lot of people who believed that that exception was only reserved for humans. So shift into supernatural. So only where people. Yeah, that's how people were taking or people who are like half like mermaid Mm -hmm. or something i have no no i was thinking like like at like us if a satyr had a kid with a human and then the human is like half satyr but so they don't have all of the features yeah um or if a a yeti had a had a baby with a well i don't know if that would count but i'm saying if the human was like just a little bit taller and hairier but like essentially human maybe they could um but i have two things one her backstory is very similar to elsie's yeah which is interesting um and then also oh the part and i we may have talked about this when we talked about the first book and i don't remember but the fact that like only humans can be in the part of the bureau, uh, bureau is like a very glaring like issue <laughs> Very bigoted. Very, very bigoted. It's very bigoted. It's very like we're the only ones who can have magic. Um, and I even if I could understand why, like, because do some of these supernatural creatures not have magic on their own? Like, I could see why maybe it's like, okay, only humans could touch the crystal ball because y'all already have your like natural abilities, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. If it's not the case and you don't got magic, get you some magic. Um but yeah, just the idea, and then you're like, oh, all these, they're like, oh, they're not, she's not essentially human, because she has hooves, or whatever. Um, it just, again, it's like, I also kind of like it in the sense of, like, it shows that magicians aren't the only um, unwanted. 
Um, yeah, or not, yeah, not necessarily like unwanted, but also just like, just like I think Amari makes a comment of like, oh, I'm like, I'm not the only person whose magic is like deemed illegal or whatever, right? Like, you get yeah. a little bit again, it expands the but world. But we don't, okay, more. I'm trying to, but we don't, I don't get remember to what it. her power is, so we can talk about it if yeah. we want to. I, but I, I don't remember. She basically can like control people's, um, like, uh, autonomy she tells like she can like control people she's right. not like okay. it's not like professor x ish like it's not like mind really it's not mind control but it's, it's, but it's like similar yeah, like yeah. which again similarly. that is terrifying i'm not even saying yeah. it in the sense of like so she... like her her backstory to me this is what i was gonna say her backstory to me feels like it might be a falsehood like her original falsehood mm, that she like a like a with. Yeah. Like she yeah, might that's... have controlled the parents, quote unquote, mm-hmm. her adopted parents mm-hmm. into this all happening for her. That and then the like original. crystal ball, they think that that's where she got the power, but she had it before. She might have, or she already, or yeah. The, so that's so. And I was going to say, just in terms of like the humans um, being the, or yeah, humans being the only ones allowed in the supernatural world, I believe it's explained as like the point of the supernatural or the department. The, the Bureau. The Bureau, it's sorry, to- is to hide the supernatural world from the human world mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and also to like keep the black book or whatever. But so it, I, I understand like kind of the thought process of only humans are equipped to hide from other humans this supernatural world. Yes, I get and it. And the point like... of the Bureau is that, but the, the Bureau has like overstepped into like controlling supernaturals in such a way. As but that's, to, like, part, that's whole part of, the, that's also part of, the, that's why they're able to get away with it though. Because like yeah. part of the oversight is that like, in order to control how humans under like seeing um, supernatural creatures, we have to control where supernatural creatures are. We have to control them and their Well, but the thing is, the is that like, for me, I'm like another way of doing that or not the only way, but another way of doing that is to also control like how much humans can encroach in supernatural lands. spaces. No, you're, and, thinking of, you're thinking about you it know? in an, an oriented, like a indigenous oriented lens. Of Exa- like a, yeah. Right. And we, they're colonizers yeah. straight up. Yep. No, so. I, yeah, I know. But I'm saying like, and that, but I'm saying that it, it explains the how yeah. they're yeah. colonizers because there yeah. is a mm-hmm. way in which they could do this without it being what criminalizing is. the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're colonizers, so. <laughs> the answer is always, but they're colonizers. Like, yeah. it, could, it could all be so simple, but you'd they're rather make it hard because you're a colonizer. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, Elsie explains that Elsie, that Harlow touched a crystal ball and was granted uh, a much higher than normal dose of magic due to the fact that the device did not recognize her as human. So they say. That's my question: Is did they test this theory with any other supernatural, supernatural. creature out besides? No, because they didn't even want her to do it. So if they, if and you that's, don't want oh, that's someone how to do it, you it's like confirmation bias, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like. They're like, oh yeah, we we told y'all. That is just like that is like that's how your bigotry will f you up. Like you will have an Mm. infiltrator come in here, tell you a story, you believe the story, and then you won't even try to test it out and just to double check. 
that everything uh, is as above as it seems. And and I mean, maybe that's also part of her magic. Maybe that's part of like, you know, mm-hmm. her ability is to like keep people from questioning too hard what she says. And but- I will say, I do, I do think it's interesting, like with the, with the story, um, how like we see the systemic issues and then we just see some people who are like straight up evil. Like, you know, like Moreau, that was an evil dude, right? Like you, <laughs> we get, I like that we get the like, it doesn't take away from the fact that the Bureau is also corrupt and is also like systemically, um, marginalizing all of these people and like persecuting all of these people yeah i mean i would i honestly would hope that the grand scheme plan is that she is like for justice but then we get the homegirl had her welcome ceremony in 1899 and that's just a very long time to be running a con and not con like it's just like right. a con fully like only half conning not full full conning and so that's part that's- of what makes me think unless she's just a really you know if you live to be over two if you can live to be over 200 maybe you just have like more patience um to like, like waiting for the wait right for moment us. precise right moment to make it right all that's why happen. partly i'm like okay maybe she came to this later you know maybe she decided like I'm going to take over the supernatural world later than um, as opposed to like outright wanting to do it. My thing is like, I would love for her to be like, I would love for her actual story to be that she like her origin is that like she grew up with like uh, with a rebel rebellion group and her parents um, had her go in as a sleeper agent. Um, by using the like the who her adoptive parents and then like her she's running a con where she's like all right I'm in here we're gonna destroy it from the inside we're gonna do it for 200 years like I don't know <laughs> you're gonna take like more than 200 like, years yeah. to like try to, to break the place down from the she's inside I'm like, like I want that for her but I don't think she wants it like I don't like think this is the story what 120 yeah, I feel like that's a. I you're feel not, like that's a lot. I don't know. The long, the long con. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. So she, uh, both uh, Amari and Elsie are like talking about like how old and like how um, her supernatural ability is why the welcome ceremony has been open to the supernatural public ever since. Like they can see it, and um. Elsie's like this is like they're both agreeing that it's really scary. Um, and that she needs to learn as much as she can when she goes to the elite thing as much as possible. And then when they focus on their tacos, they like um, they all still look over and they see Bear and his friends throwing uh, fries at someone who's sitting by themselves at a table. That person ends up being Lara. And uh, she doesn't even respond to them being hit by a fry. She just stares on it at her tray. And Elsie is like, oh man, her aura looks awful. And while Amari is conflicted by seeing, um, like, someone getting pelted by something, because it reminds her of how she was uh, treated last year, she also recognizes, like, that was Lara, who is the perpetrator behind everything bad that she went through when it came to bullying by her peers last year. So she's like, I don't got nothing to do with that. Like, I, she's like, um, I'm a, uh, she turns away. She's like, I, she's like, just like karma. Yeah, she's like karma and also oh, like suffer. She, like, <laughs> karma, but I don't feel it doesn't make me it doesn't light me up with joy to see her getting karma. So I'm just gonna be yeah. on my own stuff. And Elsie's like, we're gonna be we should be the better people. We should do something. And Amari's like, you're not seriously suggesting that we go over there. And Elsie 
come on, Elsie. She says, I know she's not the most pleasant person in the world. And I'm like, girl. And Amari is too. Because Amari's like, I almost dropped my taco. <laughs> Else, she made my life miserable last summer. I almost quit because of her. The girl literally jumped me in an alley. And I'm like, what? Just because it didn't happen to you, Elsie, doesn't mean that it was not vicious and traumatic. Like, you can't just be sitting over here judging the fact that I don't want to go help the bully who made my life crap last year. Like, come on. And Elsie's like... Literally jumped me in an alley is kind of where Elsie would have been like, whatever you want to do then, fam. (laughs) Come on. Whatever you're trying to do. I can't. So Elsie's like, oh, those are all good points. But I think maybe part of the reason she's having such a tough time is because she stuck her neck out for you. And it was like, girl. No, that's not what happened. Girl. I also think like we do have to, there is some uh, context in that she, they used to be friends, right? Yeah. Until Lara used her and like. (laughs) Lara and Elsie. Used to be. The the operating operating word there is used. Used to be. I think for Elsie, it's more of a like, it's the people who are like, bullying is bad no matter what. And and Amari's like, yeah, so we don't bully, but bystander intervention is not. In this, this case, I don't gotta be the. I don't gotta be that context, for everybody. Like if it were like Jaden, or if it was just like a random, if it was like uh, whatever his name know. Lee, whatever Lee that guy. Like even though he also Ryan he was Lee, also yeah. a whole last year. He was mm-hmm. also someone else. The guy, the kid who had somebody living under his bed. If that kid, of <laughs> uh, whatever Pogo, Billy if Pogo, that kid, Billy Pogo, if he was getting bullied, I feel like Amari would be like, you know what? That's he's too. He's a chill kid. Like I would, I would buy. I would step in for that. But for Laura, it's like a, it's, it's like just, Soulja Boy at this point. Like for yeah, Laura, sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, can't. I just think that like Elsie's impulse isn't wrong. But you just shaming Amari. Yeah. Like if Elsie decided that she was going to get up and like, you know, help or whatever. And especially because her and Lara just collabed on that video and, you know, they had a moment or whatever. But to shame Amari for not having the same reaction is wrong because Mm you, again, like you cannot, it's like when, it's like when, Someone does something racist on the internet and then they do their apology and it's a bunch of like people who were not affected. Like, yeah, except straight, for the like, apology. Oh, you're okay. Yeah. Or like oh, white people right. after a racist thing being mm-hmm. like, you don't need to apologize or we accept your apology. Like you don't, you can't. Mm-hmm. And, you even, and even the the skin folk who were who are of the community, like, yeah. they, like, like, excuse me, you don't speak for the whole community. Speak for right. yourself. Yes. Um, and so... Uh, whenever Amari says something about like, oh, she like um, Lara stuck her neck out for her sister Maria, which just so happens to help me out too. And Elsie's like, that's not fair. She's happy to include you in a live stream. And um, Amari's like, I well, I don't care if you want to go over there. Then and then Elsie uh, stands up <laughs> and, and uh, scoops up her tray. And Amari is so stunned that she just stares because she did not think that Elsie um, would actually do it. So she just crosses her arms, and Elsie is like you're better than this Amari and I'm I'm like I personally would be like I'm sorry I know you want me to be this other person but how my freaking trauma works is absolutely not let her burn let her be and I don't even think Amari is saying like let her burn so much as like for my I don't want to get involved 
I don't want to get involved. I would rather I just would not. Be vengeful. I'd be like, potatoes to the dome is nothing and... like what I went through last year. And she's also not like, she's not telling Elsie that she can't help. Yeah. Yeah. Like she didn't expect her to, she kind of was trying to call her bluff or whatever. But like if Elsie had just gone and not said anything or even had just been like, I'm going to go see what's up, see if she's okay or whatever. I don't think Amari mm-hmm. would be like, oh, you're, you know, a traitor or whatever. But like, why does Amari have to be involved? Why? Yes. So, sadly, again, because Amari is, cannot be an anti hero nor villain. No. Um, She. Phil's disappointment uh, that's in her in Elsie's voice it stings her, and uh, she as Elsie's walking to the table, uh, she decides that she can't let her best friend face those boys alone, and she even knows deep down that it's right to step up to bullies, but it's just hard when the person you're trying to save is a bully too, and that's the point. Mm-hmm. Nice for what the person is a bully too so why am i gonna be nice to a bully i am not am i not by design then co-signing on my own bullying because i'm now trying to save you no like laura hasn't really she had did she had like a, a quick or maybe she just thanked amari for bringing maria back maybe that's what it was at the end of that the was, yeah. thing but that's it they haven't had any that's like it. there's been no reconciliation there has no. been no amend making like like there's been none of that so why would i stick my neck out for someone who hasn't even really said that like we have not talked We've not spoken. So I'm with Amari wholeheartedly. I'm even yeah. further past Amari in scale. I'm like, I feel like the chick song, like not ready to make nice sum up this situation perfectly because F all of it. Yes. That song. Exactly. <laughs> you can't tell me to forgive you until I'm ready to forgive you on my own damn time. And I, and to freaking step into you being bullied is a step uh, you would never again and i've had but also i think what's interesting too is that like amari sees that it's bear bullying laura mm-hmm. and we already saw we we know bear like yeah. so mm-hmm. she's also setting herself up to get bullied again as well for on the on the behalf bully, of someone who on the also- behalf of, <laughs> of her own bully not like a random bully that she's seen bully some other kids her right. bully mm-hmm. like and not even that laura was like an equal opportunity bully because that that's a whole different thing if, if laura was just an equal opportunity bully and she kind of is but not to like she went real hard on amari and that's the problem she mm-hmm. sco- she targeted amari specifically and was ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. i just hate it, I hate it so much mm-hmm. um so amari rushes up to elsie and elsie grins and says i knew you'd come and i'm like boo elsie like oh anyways why would you do um, that I hate it so much. I just hate it. Um, um, Amari though smiles, and she said, "Of co- and of course you did." And then Elsie, <laughs> this baby wear dragon, she says, "Leave her alone." And the boys turn, and Bear starts laughing. He says, "What are you gonna do if we don't?" Mind you, <laughs> she. Elsie just gave you the most expensive present you've ever probably had in your life. Come and on. And here's how you act to her. And you, he's not heeding the present. That's the thing. Because it told him to take a look in the mirror. It right. told him he was his biggest op. And he's over here bullying he's... somebody else. Like, you're the enemy. And getting other people to do it, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. He don't love himself. Look at your surroundings. Look at... Uh, anyways. I just hate this. Oh, I hate it all. Um... Elsie shrinks back and I'm like, girl, if you 
you brought me over here on right. merit that you wanted to handle the situation. I'm down to accompany you to keep you from trouble, but don't. But you this is why she came. Up? This is literally why she came because she was like, "Elsie's mm-hmm. not gonna do nothing." <laughs> and I, but love, like, don't make love. me do it. Don't with love, Elsie is not about that life. And I hate it. I hate it because because Elsie knows it too, and she made Amari do it. That's even yeah. worse. Like you're not really yeah. being my friend at this point. You're really not because you know what? No, I hate it. I really, really, I truly hate it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <sighs> uh, anyways, so uh, Elsie shrinks back, and Amari is hesitant, but then she's like. No, I got magic. And so she uh, makes her illusions to make her eyes glow. And she says, uh, try us and find out. And the boys jerk back. I thought you were going to say, she says, how many, uh, you know what happens to a a bear in a lightning storm? (laughs) (laughs) When it gets hit by lightning. (laughs) Right. So I'm like, it was somewhere between the storm scene and then also just like Cyclops being like, don't make me, don't make me take these glasses off, basically. No, literally. I just can't. I just hate this so much. Anyways, so the boys, they stumble back. They stumble off their seats. They're like, oh, no, nah, what's going on? But Bear is, like, not easily frightened because he's like, oh. But my thing is, like, even if Bear is like, oh, she, you know, I know her from school. She's not going to do nothing. How is she going to do magic in a place where they're supposed to keep magic a secret? We're in a place where this is all free for all, baby. Let's go. Like, really? And he says that she's bluffing. And she stares at him that she and makes it clear to him that she's not afraid. Um and Elsie the whole time is just staring like good for nothing for the situation. <laughs> Why did you put me here? She and tried. Bear, I mean, no. okay, yeah, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I agree. This could like but I, I would have let Elsie have I'm like Elsie. This could be your moment for bravery. On my, if she on hadn't, my yeah. If she hadn't have shamed Amari into coming, I would be less annoyed that she froze. Yeah. So before Bear can say anything mean, Agent Magnus from a few tables away says, you don't know what that disagreement seems to be, but I do know it's over now. Y'all better go Mm -hmm. back to your dorms. And Bear, so original, uh, spits, this isn't over, and then looks at Laura and says, magician lover. And then jogs the cash up with his friends. Sir, her sister is literally a magician and her brother is too. She loved both of them before she knew either of them were magicians. Of course, like Captain Obvious. You know, so good with reading people, you know? That bigotry does so much for your ability to tell, like, say biting words to people. Hmm. So clever. What we learned is that Bear has not uh, listened to his fortune at all and continues to be the worst. He didn't. He did not deserve. We already knew he didn't deserve that gift, but he truly like. Yeah. <sighs> Elsie wasted her money, and she wasted Amari's. Anyways, mm-hmm. I <laughs> Amari nods and thanks to uh, Magnus, who tips his cowboy hat before he goes to a hot dog stand. And he, this is this is what makes it the piss off that I have for this whole situation <laughs> top tier because I'm like. They look over at Lara and Elsie goes to her and it's like, are you okay? And here's Lara, her lip quivering like she's on a verge of tears. But then she looks at Amari and her expression hardens and says, I had it under control. Next time, mind your own business. Okay, say less. Yep. 
I was even trying to come over here in the first place. <laughs> Look at your ex-best friend right here. Talk to her about it. Like, this Don't you look at me, me ever in my face ever again. You've been touched by an angel and you're still playing games. You <laughs> <laughs> said you've been touched by an angel, girl. <laughs> mm. Oh my Bring God. Bring it on. <laughs> I hate it. And then, so Amari looks at Elsie and she's like, I like I told you so. And uh, Amari's thinking like, why did she even help me get back to the bureau? And nothing makes sense for this summer for her. <laughs> and uh, Elsie observes, Laura failed her uh, junior agent trial last year, right? Amari nods. So why is she eating with the juniors? And Amari's like, yeah, that's a good question. And that's where we leave off. What questions that need answers? Nepotism. Like why the F? The answer is nepotism. Elsie put Amari in the situation. Yeah. Okay. That was a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel um, like Hades from her from the Hercules like animated movie where there's a flame like I'm just flames <laughs> on the side of your face. Yes. Also anger from like Inside Out, just like mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, MVP. I gave it to Amari because that situation was uncalled for, and she really, <laughs> she really did it went above and beyond for that. Because the way I'm set up, I would have left. I would have left Elsie. I'm like that. Like I was waiting for see if your where dragon skills would pop in to take care of that. Because I, my name's Bennett, and I ain't in it. I'm sorry. Yep. Good day. She's a good one for that. Thank you, Amari. Um, I did Jaden. Um. Sorry, the boys are loud. Um, I did Jaden um, just because I feel like a shout out to him for covering for Amari, but for, you know, and like not Amari or not knowing what was going on, but knowing that she needed a, an assist. Um, and then yeah. also uh, just, you know, he's coming into this like very new environment. Um not still he at the moment still doesn't know if Amari is back. So there's just like I just feel like shout out to him for being the homie and um also just like being willing to come to this new place. Yeah. I did Elsie because um despite Portia's feelings on this last scene. <laughs> I think that she like shows up for Amari. Like, you know, they they talked on FaceTime, and Amari is like, "Okay, our plan is to get me back in," and she doesn't actually have anything to do with getting herself back in. It's like Elsie and Elsie like figures it out and like goes and then goes and picks her up, even though an adult definitely should have done that. Went through those terrifying tubes, um, you know, real sidekick behavior. If you're not a sidekick, you're actually like a partner. Um, mm-hmm. And even in this instance with Laura, like even though I disagree and I, like, we all disagree, um, she does make Amari think about like her morals in a way that speaks to Amari. And like she shames her, which I don't think she should have. But um, in the black and white world of like 13 year olds, um, 
I get the feeling that it helps open the door for what comes later, um, which ends up actually working out for Amari. Um, and I do like kind of keeping your friend accountable, even though I don't agree with it. And I think that like, you know, misplaced, but I do, I do like calling your friends out. Accountable to what in this situation? To her morals, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Amari's whole thing is like, you know, just because people think I'm one thing doesn't mean that I am not. We shouldn't judge people and we should just be like, think the best of people and all that stuff. I don't agree with it, but I do understand in like a very black and white bullying is bad. We shouldn't, we should stand up against bullies that like Elsie comes to that conclusion and um, I understand <laughs> you're going to leave Luna. soon, Thank but you, I got to be able to do my MVP and bench. Um, yeah, so that's why. I'm leaving that in. Just so y'all know what I have to deal with. She's very cute. Elsie, sorry, fight about it. Okay, so who did y'all bench? I benched Charlo. I just feel like the whole, she just came in on some I'm a baddie energy and she is, and I don't like the um, uh, spin for spin's sake. I don't like the veiled threats to Amari and, and Elsie. And I don't like the idea of being like a mouthpiece for a government um without just because you can be i guess and like to use that status to like threaten children who did nothing wrong so carlo and also because i feel like we're not going to get rid of her she's going to keep showing up and so this introduction just made me be like oh sit down early so you know i think she's also binged because it's because of her that uh director van helsing won't be benched as much as he should be <laughs> true <laughs> she's much very worse. true um i say that to say that i benched her as well um just for also yeah just like she's trash she's and he, the thing is is even if she wasn't the like big bad of this episode or the, of this book or whatever or i mean there are a lot of bad baddies but she's a she's a main baddie in this ep or in this book keep wanting to say episode she's a main baddie in this book um even if she wasn't and was just the mouthpiece um that she's already trash you know what i mean like even if she was just on this level that she's as she's introduced um it's still like not good and like just the way that she kind of set amari up just in the beginning coming into like this press conference is crazy to me um and then on top of that all of the gaslighting and the like just yeah abuse of her power feels like so even if she didn't have an ulterior motive she's benched um well i found find her very suspicious i i know that we'll get more instances of her in the book and i would like to catch her in in the fact without the suspicions like with more <laughs> than just suspicions on her so that's when I'm going to bench her. Um, want to bench the bear as much as possible, as frequently as possible. 
Um, because I feel like the whole trajectory for kids is to always give them a little bit of redemption, and I know that he, you know whatever for him and his journey, and I just want to bench him as much as possible. In the meantime, especially whenever he's doing stuff that, if it weren't for him, Amari wouldn't have been pushed to stand up for an ungrateful a hole and bully and traumatizer named Lara, <laughs> and her the whole Van Helsing family besides Maria asterisk so far is just on my hit list so anything done in association with them on and amari has to deal with it personally f you for that and bear the hater your hateration is not only making yourself your own enemy it's making you my enemy so f you for that thank you all righty then uh (laughs) we know where portia stands thank you for listening join us next week when we discuss chapters 10 through 12 Wizard Team is part of the Black Nerds Create Collective. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wizard Team Pod and at Black Nerds Create. Until then. Bye. Bye, y'all.